Hi, and welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. This is Dr. Sadaf Lodi, and I would love for you to leave me a review of this podcast and also to share and like it and share it with your friends, see what they think and let me know. I would love to shout you out on social media. And also, I would love for you to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Sadaf OBGYN, as well as TikTok. I also have started a YouTube channel at Dr. Sadaf Intimacy Coach. I'd love for you to follow me on all of those channels. And most importantly, I'd love for you to become a patient. I am now accepting telehealth patients for sexual health as well as menopause health in New York and Michigan. So if you are a woman that is looking for a doctor that understands you and can actually take the time to listen to all of your concerns, reach out to me. Reach out at drsadaf at drsadaf.com. And I would love to see you as a patient. And now for the episode. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sada Flodi, and this episode is everything you need to know about healthy living and intimacy. Before I get into it, the first thing I want to make very clear is that I am not giving any type of medical advice. So if you have any questions about your health, please speak with your friendly neighborhood healthcare provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please speak with your religious leader. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So today I am super excited to have on with me Dr. Alicia Shelley. And Dr. Shelley, please, if you could introduce yourself to the viewers and the listeners out there. Hello, I am Dr. Alicia Shelley. I'm a board certified internal medicine, obesity medicine physician. I practice outside in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I got into this field because I struggled with my weight basically all majority of my life. And so I ended up wanting to learn more about how I could not only help me live a more healthier life, but then also how can I help others? And so I've been doing this for about seven years now. And it's been, it's been great. It's something I truly enjoy. Um, as far as things that I enjoy doing outside of work, because I enjoy doing uh, triathlons, marathons, things that kind of help with challenging me to kind of stay healthy. So that's just a little bit more about me. Yes. And I would love for you to tell the viewers and the listeners about your marathons. Yes. Yeah, so I, I wasn't an athlete. I started running literally 2016. So like eight years ago. <laughs> and I started off from the couch and, you know, try to do a 5k and then enjoyed it and was like, well, let me do more and more. And before you know it, I was doing marathons. And so my goal is to do all five, all six of the Abbott major marathons. I've done three and just recently finished the London marathon in April. And wow. so now my next goal for this month or not this year is to do an Ironman um, in Maryland. So we're went from marathon to an Ironman, but it's all, it all works together. So it's, it's something that I enjoy doing, especially with the Ironman. It's a three sport. So it's not just running, but it's swimming and biking together. So it's kind of a combination all in the same day. <laughs> I know that is amazing. That, oh, wow. That is like 
I don't even think I can imagine doing that. <laughs> that that wow, that is really takes a lot of commitment and drive and dedication. So I applaud you for that. That is completely amazing. But um, so let's get into our episode. So we are talking about healthy living. And you don't have to run a marathon for anyone that's listening or watching. <laughs> but we're talking about healthy living and intimacy and how that uh, can be affected. So tell me a little bit what you see in your practice. Yeah, so a lot of times I help people with losing weight. And sometimes what we we don't realize with it, we think it's more of, oh, how we look. But it actually really goes to the root of the pro uh, problem for people. If you don't like the way you look, when you're intimate with your partner, you don't want to you don't want to be intimate. You don't want to be able to remove your clothing and kind of expose yourself to this partner, even if you had this partner for a long time. And so sometimes by not only losing weight, it also increases your self-confidence, it increases your drive, you have more energy, it increases your endorphins, so you're more happier. But then also it can lead to a healthier and uh, a more fulfilling sexual life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, as we talked about uh, once before is that, you know, body image has a lot to do with our thoughts, right? And what how we see ourselves. And it doesn't really matter the weight that you're in. It really matters how you feel. And I think that when you are confident and, you know, love your own body, then you are able to then share that love with somebody else and share your life and your physical being with that other person, right? But I think it all starts with our thoughts and how we feel about ourselves. So what are some ways that you help people to basically live their best life and, you know, with the healthy living that you teach um, individuals? What do you suggest? You know what? I agree with everything you just said. And I think I would definitely have them start off. The first thing is to start off with how you perceive it and your thoughts. Um, like you said, a lot of times when we look at trying to stay healthy, it's overwhelming. Like there's so much stuff we need to do. You know, we need to drink water. We need to exercise. We need to eat healthy. We need, you know, in our minds, we're like, I don't want to eat all these salads. <laughs> so it can be very overwhelming for people to want to even take any healthy, any healthy lifestyle steps. So the first thing is change your perspective and how you look at it. Think of it instead of, mm -hmm. I have to do this as an opportunity to, I get to do it. And then mm -hmm. next, find one or two things uh, in your lifestyle that you can change. It doesn't have to be everything all at once. It can actually be small, small baby steps or small goals. Um, the one thing that I've noticed with my patients, sometimes we'll have a consultation and we'll talk about like, what are some things they need to change? But then I tell them, just pick one or two things that you want to start with. You don't have to do all of this all at once. So pick the one to two things and choose which one. And then whatever you decide, schedule it. Put it in yeah. your daily your daily um, lifestyle because our schedule. Because sometimes we are so busy that we, I don't know for you. Sometimes I'm just so glad to get home and just sit there and just take a deep breath because you're just moving, moving, moving throughout the day. Yeah. So whatever you decide to do, just do one or two things, schedule it, and then make sure you have somebody who can keep you accountable afterward. And this is where you can actually, if you trust your partner, be able to get your partner in, on board too to help you to be that accountability. Some partners aren't as great, <laughs> but some partners may be. And this is one way you guys can help each other with kind of achieving a more healthier lifestyle by choosing one or two things yourself. Mm. 
I love that. You know, I think one of the most important things is scheduling it in, right? And it sounds like such an easy thing, but you know, I find that I'm most productive when I actually write stuff down in my calendar as opposed to just trying to remember it and trying to remember to do something, right? When we actually write it down, that it makes us accountable to ourselves. And I love the fact that you also said that you can get your partner involved and have them help you be accountable. And I feel that when you do that, you can also increase the intimacy between you and your partner, right? We both know that there's more than just physical intimacy. There's emotional, there's spiritual, there's intellectual. So to build that emotional intimacy, we can just do things together, right? It's when you build that trust and you are able to be vulnerable with your partner. And so when you have your partner that keeps you accountable to your goals and your dreams, then you build that connection, you build that bond between each other. And then hopefully, you know, maybe that will lead to physical intimacy. But in the meantime, that connection connects you and builds that emotional intimacy so that you're doing things together. No, I, yeah, exactly. Because, and I do find as well, like this is a way how you all can connect. And sometimes yeah. we think we're communicating with our spouse, but yes. we aren't. <laughs> we just expect right. to know, like, don't you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And they're like, yeah. no, I have no clue. So this allows <laughs> us to kind of be able to be open and, and share. And like you said, connect emotionally. Cause sometimes if you can connect intellectually and emotionally, it makes the physical connection so much so much greater. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with you. I think that, you know, telling, like you just said, right, it's important to communicate and communicate what your objectives are and what your goals are and things like that. So that you don't find your partner trying to not that they're trying to sabotage you, but that, you know, like encouraging you to have like, I don't know, like five Sundays or something like that. <laughs> I don't know anyone who eats five Sundays. But if you were, you know, like, if that's not your goal, if that's not what you're trying to do, then you, at least you have somebody else on board saying like, hey, maybe you just want to keep it to one Sunday today, you know, not five, right? Something like that. So I agree. I think it's really important to let kind of everyone know so that everyone can help you in your goals. And especially if you're trying to just live a healthy life, right? Whether that's just going outside for two hours during the week, which we both know is so important for mental health, right? To be out in nature and, and, or just, you know, being more mindful when we're eating or trying to be more mindful in our relationships and when we're with somebody else. So I think that's really important. Um, what are some other ways that you help individuals maintain a healthy lifestyle? Yeah. The one other thing I was going to say is that it is important too, that people monitor their stress level. And mm. one way how you can do that Physical activity helps, you know, having time for yourself, you meditate. And the, because once you're str less stressed, not only does it help yeah. you to lose weight and to be more healthy, it allows you to have a little bit more intimacy with your partner because you're not as stressed or not as wound up because you're able to kind of let that go. Um, and yeah. so, and it also leads to more, um, not only emotionally, spiritually, but just uh, increased connectivity with your, uh, with your partner too. Um, and so stress is important. So finding ways to reduce your stress, which only helps you live longer. Uh, when, we, when they compare Americans to like Europeans, they find that Europeans tend to have a higher, um, tend to live longer. And the reason is, is because we have a difference in our, in our stress level and what we do. Um, also probably, even if we eat probably about the same, it's just the fact that, you know, they 
they retire early. They just, they, if you think of, look at the Spaniards, they have a siesta. Like they're in America, we kind of keep going, 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 going. Whereas in mm-hmm. Europe, there's more relaxation. Let's come, let's drink, let's enjoy each other. So um, stress mm-hmm. is very, uh, stress reduction is very important. Yeah, you know, I love how you said that, because I think that we all know that when we are stressed, then we are not able to focus on the person at hand or our task at hand, right? We feel our mind feels cluttered, we feel overwhelmed, there's just so many things to do. And so when you're trying to connect with your partner, and if you're stressed, that's just going to be one more thing that you have to do that day, right? And so you're definitely not going to want that. And that's absolutely going to lead to like a decreased desire, decreased arousal and libido and all of that. So I think what you said, you know, trying to declutter your mind. And again, that's where like that mindfulness comes in, right? And just focusing on one thing and being really present in the moment without judgment and showing yourself compassion. I think that really leads to basically improvement in our life and decreases stress and improves our relationships um, with our partners. And I think that, you know, just like what you said, trying to minimize our stress is really important. I heard a TED talk one time, and they also said that trying to be very granular with our words and our feelings. So for example, if we say that we're stressed, Mm -hmm. stress is such a vague word, right? That we don't really know. I mean, it, it encompasses so much and we don't really know where that stress is coming from. But if we use perhaps a word that says, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed because I have so many projects due at this time, then we can take care of the problem a little bit easier as opposed to saying I'm stressed because we don't know where that stress is coming from. And it's harder to come up with a solution when we're not uh, very specific with you know what's causing that stress and that overwhelm. And perhaps it's just having too many things on your plate. I agree. Because sometimes if you are more like having that, um, you're actually looking and actually seeking exactly what's causing it. It makes it a lot easier for you to be able to address it and try to find ways to get around it. Because sometimes you're like, I just feel stressed. And if you don't know what's causing it, you're just going to stay in that stressed mode. But if you're able to kind of figure that out and be like, okay, it's not this, it's work or it's this obligation or, you know, um, something else is something else I have to do. You can be able to kind of manage it mentally um, instead of just allowing it to kind of fester and kind of build up. And then before you know it, not only are you feeling stressed just emotionally, but then physically your body's tight. You're just kind of on edge. Things are just irritating you. Your spouse is irritating you. (laughs) You know, like, you know, just kind of this downward spiral. (laughs) So it is important to be able to address it. And, and I liked how you said about taking that time to not only be accountable, but just realizing it and not putting so much pressure on ourselves. I think sometimes I know personally, I do this where you feel like you want to be a perfectionist. You have so much that you're trying to accomplish and it want, you want it to be perfect, but it's just not enough, you know? And so sometimes by removing that expectation of perfection, it makes it a lot easier and you find that you're less overwhelmed because you're not trying to meet this arbitrary um uh standard that you set (laughs) for yourself right right absolutely so is there ever uh, a time where you would recommend medication for a healthy lifestyle you know what would be an indication for that 
Yeah, so definitely most anti-obesity medications are actually recommended for somebody who has a body mass index of greater than 27. And that basically mm. looks at your height and weight to see kind of where you are on that health range, whether you in the normal weight range, um, overweight or obesity range. And so definitely if you are 27 and, and higher, you're in that overweight to obesity, uh, overweight and higher to obesity range. Um, as far as who, who, and it also depends on how much weight you want to lose. So if you were to do a diet and exercise alone, that's on average five to 10%. Some people do more, some people do less, but five to 10% with diet and exercise alone. But if you're really trying to lose a little bit more than that, um, then I would recommend starting medications because that can help with kickstarting you. Most anti-obesity medications help by curbing your appetite so you're not as hungry, allowing you not to feel as um, full when you eat, so you eat smaller portions, and it helps with cravings too. So mm. with, with that, it, it, it kind of helps reduce some of the different factors um, that make it more difficult for us to lose weight. And so if you're one that needs more, and usually with depending on the medication, you can lose between 15, and some studies have shown for other medications, 20% of your weight uh, with wow. medication. So it kind of gives you a little bit more of a kickstart. Wow. Yeah, I think that, you know, of course, you know, the hot medication right now is Ozempic, and a lot of people can't even get their hands on it because I think... Um, people are using it to lose weight. And uh, what do you think about that medication? Yeah. So Ozempic has been out since 2017. It's FDA approved for diabetes. And we've been using it for diabetes. Um, I, it was a, a really, it's a, still a go-to medication that I would use to help control someone's diabetes. The one thing I like about it is that it helps um, my patients with losing weight as well. Because when you, for some people who have diabetes, specifically type two, they have this increase of insulin in their body, which actually leads to more weight deposits. So it makes it harder for them to lose weight. And Ozempic really helped people to be able to curb their appetite so that they can actually start to lose weight. Um, the reason why there is such a hot commodity right now is because yeah. they're the same medication. Uh, so the let me just start step back here. The generic of Ozempic is called semaglutide. The company mm. that makes Ozempic also took semaglutide and got it approved for weight loss. So there's another one that's called mm -hmm. Wagovi. So Ozempic and Wagovi are the same medication um, oh. with just different doses. And unfortunately, because Wagovi is so popular, there was a back order. I mean, there's a back backlog on it. And now they came back, but now there's still a back order, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, hopefully until October, we're crossing our fingers here. But um, since there's such a backlog, people are having to on having to go to Ozempic because that has the lower doses. So with this particular medication, one of the side effects or some of the side effects can include nausea, upset stomach, constipation, diarrhea, depending on the person. And so you don't want to start off at the highest dose. You want to start off yeah. at the lowest dose and taper up slowly. Yeah. And unfortunately, what's on back order is the... Um, is the lower, lower dose. So, uh, so you have to go to Ozempic to get the lower doses so you can taper up to the higher dose of Wagovi. So that's why you wow. can't find it because we're trying to taper people up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that because, you know, as a gynecologist, I'm really not prescribing it. Um, 
really at all. I mean, I just, uh, I don't really prescribe Ozempic. So I think, you know, I, I guess I was a little bit curious to find out what the big craze was about Ozempic. And it seems like a lot of people tend to lose a lot of weight. And I think that it's been on TikTok and this and that. So I think that a lot of people, you know, now know about Ozempic and are interested um, on, you know, in going on it so that they can lose weight. So, but I mean, you, Typically, I'm sure that you probably don't recommend going on medications before you try like lifestyle changes. Well, you know what? What people don't realize is that most people that come to me have tried lifestyle changes already. Like they've mm. tried multiple different diets. This was not their first rodeo to come see me. Uh, first of all, it takes a little bit of time to come see me. So you would have tried something prior to that. And so by the time they've come see me, it's like all my lifestyle changes are not working. Now, mind you, Ozempic is a tool. These medications are tools. So we still enlist diet and exercise. It's not just one thing. It's not just you, this is the only thing that you take. I have people who gained weight on medications because they weren't able to control the diet. There was something else that they like. It was actually probably just more stress, and the person was just stress eating, and they weren't necessarily controlling that diet and exercise. But it's a recommendation to have both. You need yeah. both in order to be successful because there may come a time when you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily um, gonna be on medication. And then the other thing I would say is that obesity is a chronic disease. Um, yeah. It's a chronic disease is due to the dysfunction of adipose tissue that can actually lead and be associated with multiple medical conditions. And so mm. sometimes by losing weight, it actually will improve your blood pressure. It will improve your diabetes uh, and many yeah. other medical conditions. So if you think about somebody who has high blood pressure, you wouldn't bat an eye if you started them on medication to treat that blood pressure. But and for obesity, for some people, they still need to be on it because once they get off that medication, the weight starts to come right back. And so if we can help reduce those medical conditions, um, those medical complications with medications, then it's well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a very good point. And that's something that we don't, and it's probably due to the way that we view obesity, right? And we view it as that, oh, well, it's, you know, that person's problem, and they just need to stop eating so much and increase their exercise, right? Where there's a huge stigma with obesity. And so I think that we don't offer the same compassion and kindness that we would to somebody that is suffering from, you know, high blood pressure or diabetes or something like that, right? We uh, we just automatically assume and lay blame on the person as opposed to seeing it as a chronic condition or a chronic disease. So I think that's really important what you just said. Now, tell me, you know, just circling back to intimacy, I think that, you know, what are other ways that you have helped patients, you know, achieve their healthy lifestyle so that they can maintain a healthy intimacy with their uh, partner? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think we talked about mindset. We talked about um, also, you know, giving yourself grace. The other thing I would say, too, it is important to have a healthier diet. I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk yeah. about diet and exercise because it is important. Don't get me wrong. It's oh, not the end all be all thing, but it's definitely important to kind of help you feel better. Because even if you don't lose any weight and you just change your diet and start moving more, you're going to feel better. Like you all will feel better because you're reducing, you're releasing endorphins. And so it is important to have a more healthier lifestyle, a healthier diet. Now, as far as there's multiple diets that are out there. And the one thing I'll say is that the diet that works for you is a diet that you can maintain. 
because a lot of mm. times we'll get on a diet and it'll restrict so much and we'll lose weight, we'll lose 10, we'll lose 20 pounds with it, but it'll come right back because it's not something that's sustainable. So I yeah. always recommend to find something that is sustainable and then make small steps in trying to eat healthy, have more of a balanced uh, diet. So it's making sure that you still get your fruits, your vegetables in, you have your protein, you have your, your complex carbs or your starches so that you can be able to have that balance. Um, and I would not restrict yourself as far as with the types of food. Now, I wouldn't eat, like you said, five Sundays, but <laughs> for some reason you have a small cup of ice cream, it's not going to be the, it's not going to ruin, you know, your diet. Um, what ruins the diet is when we continue to eat and just kind of go downhill. So sometimes it's good to allow yourself certain foods that kind of give you a little bit of joy that kind of um, increases your dopamine uh, receptors that give that reward center. Um, but it, you don't feel like you're restricting yourself. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Don't restrict yourself. But then also making sure you're getting your water in, reducing, avoiding sugary um, beverages is going to be important too, as far as with having a healthier principles of the diet. And then also when I when it comes to physical activity, finding things you enjoy doing. We mentioned, mm. you know, one way how to connect a little bit with your spouse is it is engaging them with what you're doing. So that's something you guys are doing together, whether it's going to the gym, taking a walk, um, you know, hiking, whatever it is that you all enjoy doing, do that. Because if, yeah. if you hate going to the gym, you're going to still hate going to the gym. <laughs> you're just not going to like it, you know? But if you find something that you enjoy, you're more apt to do it and be consistent with it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, just like what you just said, building that connection, right? Building that intimacy with your partner doesn't have to be just simply physical intimacy. Actually, at this point, you're talking more about the experiential intimacy, right? Doing things together that creates that bond and that love for not only whatever it is that you're doing, but also for each other. And I think that that is a great way to connect and motivate each other to live more healthy and to be more mindful when you are perhaps eating or you know doing things outside so that you can really enjoy each other's company and all of, and just doing those things together right really just seems to connect people more and to continue to build intimacy with each other. So I think the more things that you're able to do together as a couple or, you know, with your family or whatever, only builds that connection more and really motivates people, I think, more, right? Because it's harder to stay motivated when you're doing things alone. But when you have a group or you have a partner or somebody else to do it with, then that motivation continues. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's so much easier when you have a partner because even when you don't want to go, maybe they'll go and they'll kind of pull you along. So it's so much easier having a, an accountability partner and it's better if it's your spouse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me now, if you were to give somebody that's listening to this podcast, where if you were to give them three pearls of wisdom regarding healthy living and what they could do to start right away for healthy living and, um, and, you know, eventually leading to more intimacy with their partner, what would you suggest? So I would say, number one, decide what you're going to do and then start. A lot of times we're like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And we don't do it. We just kind of like say, put it on the to-do list. And then it's just like this long to-do list. It's just getting longer. and We don't do it. And so the next thing I would say, because, you know, having that um, talking, having that talk with your partner about why 
the reason why you want to be healthy. Because sometimes your partner may be like, well, you look fine. You don't need to lose weight. But there's more to it, you know, than just just losing weight. It's like, no, I want to be healthier. I want to get off my medications. I want to be able to move better. I want to be able to keep up with you. I want to be able to have sex for long periods of time. And I can only do that if I live a healthier life. So making sure that you communicate with your spouse kind of the reason why you want to do it so that hopefully they'll be able to be on board with you and be able to want to join you in some of your activities too. And then also, you know, communicate and maybe you guys can come up on how different things that you can do to stay physically active outside of, of the home, whether it's just, you know, walking, taking hiking, things of that nature. So that'd be number three. So making sure that you communicate. Um, so number, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, number one, again, number one, make sure you uh, decide and start. Number two, make sure you're communicating your, the reason why you're doing it with your spouse. And then number three, um, you all decide what works best for you as far as with how you can um, be physically active and then also how you all can do it together. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. So, well, I want to thank you for coming on. But before we go, I want everyone to know how they can reach out to you, where they can find you. You know, they see you. They think that you're amazing. I think you're amazing for all of these marathons that you are running. I can't believe that you started from the couch and now you're running you know, training for the Iron Woman and, you know, you've run like how many marathons, how many marathons have you run, by the way? Seven, seven marathons. Seven. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. I can't even imagine. So that is so, so impressive. Um, so for anyone that wants to maybe follow your journey or to get in touch with you and reach out to you or see you as a doctor, how can they get in touch with you? Yes. Well, definitely you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and um, Facebook at Dr. Shelly MD. Uh, and then also I have a podcast called the Back on Track Achieving Healthy Weight Loss Podcast. You can just Google search Back on Track in any place you listen to podcasts and um, that'll pop up. And then most importantly, if you go to my Instagram page, I have the link where you can actually, you can follow me on my website, Dr. Shelly MD dot com uh, where you can get information on my practice that is awesome do you have somewhere on your website or on your instagram where you also kind of journal your marathons and your mm -hmm. journey yes i do i on instagram is where i usually will post my marathon uh exploits <laughs> my marathon swimming exploits <laughs> whatever it is for oh, the week <laughs> That is, I am so impressed. You know, I'm going to have to fly out to Atlanta just so I can learn how to swim with you. <laughs> you move, come on down. Come on down. Yeah. I'm happy to show you. <laughs> that is so amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Shelley. Thank you so much for your time. And well, we are done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you have any medical concerns, please speak with your healthcare provider. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. So thank you for listening to the podcast and make sure you leave us a review, share and like the podcast. And if you leave me a review, I'd love to shout you out on social media. So be sure that you share it with all your friends. And thanks for listening.